You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. the snow in a one-horse open sleigh or the fields we go laughing all the way no one's out there <laughs> I'm dreaming of a white Christmas boom 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 Oh, it's fun, isn't it? Christmas time is so much fun. I'm really looking forward to next week and being with you and just sharing some family time here at Harvest. Don't forget, our photo booth is set up today, and our photographers will be there. There is an automated system that'll be kicking in later on, but today our our photographers, so you can use the backdrop and pose. We'd love to provide you with a family picture if you want to take the time to pose for that. We've got a great uh, backdrop set up uh, there yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great uh, next week, and our children will be involved, as Christina said, and just just uh, take some moments and create some memories, be together over this Christmas season. It's just how how great is that? Doesn't get better than that. Just want to say hi to our online uh, viewers this morning. Would you do me a favor in the room? Would you just give a shout out for the online viewers this morning? Go ahead and greet them. That's for you online. We love you. We're sorry that you can't be with us. And, uh, but you're with us, so we appreciate that. So I've been doing a series as we're leading up to our new year uh, time where we take some time to uh, f- we fasting and prayer. But this year we're calling it feasting and prayer. Uh, and uh, you'll hear more about that. And uh, we'll be giving some direction. I will on the, uh, the online service that will be on January the 2nd. I'll be giving some, some practical ways that you can fast and you can pray and you can spend the 21 days of feasting and prayer as well. We have some uh, corporate time planned, and we're excited about that as well. We'll gather together on Wednesday evenings throughout those times just to be together to pray and believe God for a great 2022, and adios 2021. (laughs) Well, I've been doing this series, and it began with what's in your hand. We looked at the life of Moses. I asked you the very same question as I believe the Holy Spirit is asking us what's in our hand and to look at our life and our life story. We all have a story that God wants to use. It didn't begin when you became a Christ follower. It began when you were born. In fact, it began in the heart of God before the foundations of the earth were laid. We want to take our stories. We want to present them to the Lord. And Moses' rod, that was what was in his hand representing his life, became the rod of God. And when we place our life into his hands, crazy awesome things take place. I asked you last week, what was in your house? And uh, we looked at the commodity of time. And uh, we have school, we have work, but our homes represent our time. And we looked at how are we prioritizing our time today. I want to ask the question that I believe the Lord's asking us, and that is what's, what's in your heart? What's in your heart? I want to read this scripture, and then we're going to pray. God, 
I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift me through all my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain that I'm walking on. How is it that we don't often know we're on a path of pain until it's too late? But this, what a great prayer. Lord, identify if I'm on a path of pain and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. Holy Spirit, we thank you today that you love to answer this prayer. Lord, the scriptures are clear that none of us truly know our heart. It takes your gaze into our heart, your voice into our hearts to speak to us and to lead us and gently nudge us uh, if we're off track into the place, Lord, that we can know blessing and we can know joy evermore. Lord, speak to us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm kind of up in your business in these last three messages. I don't always do that. These have been a little bit more serious, a little bit more kind of, wow, look inside. And, uh, and it's good to spend some time and do that and to have the Holy Spirit search our hearts, look inside and kind of see how we're doing. Jesus uh, spoke to the multitudes, we call it the Beatitudes, his Sermon on the Mount. And he's kind of coming up on this area of prayer where he teaches the Lord's Prayer. And then he says this. He says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. So he makes this uh, kind of demarcation between temporal, here in time and space treasure, and then treasure that's in heaven, that's eternal, that's not of this world. So two different kinds of treasure. He says, and we're to store up the kind that's for eternity and not spend our lives storing up. And we're gonna see, you're gonna understand what this means in a minute. That's not wrong to have earthly treasures. It's uh, understanding where we put these earthly treasures. We store, don't store up for you, excuse me, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, that's where you're, you're gonna find your heart. When I was a kid, um, often around our little hobby farm we lived on, we would have to dig holes. And so my dad always had me digging something. Uh, if we were digging for a new water line or uh, the drainage system out of the, uh, our small area where the paddock where the horse was would get flooded, have to, have to dig a new drainage ditch or a fence post uh, or a garden. Yes, and even a grave. Uh, we had farm animals and once in a while, one of those animals would pass away and you would have to, uh, well, well, it became the garden. It was a grave and then it became a garden just like the song because there's lots of natural fertilizer there. Uh, those of you that don't understand that, you don't understand that. So anyway, I dug a lot of holes. And to pass the time digging holes because it takes time, I would imagine that I was looking for buried treasure. I would just somehow, I was gonna find an old treasure chest, an old coin, an old something, and I did a lot of digging and never found a single thing, <laughs> except rocks <laughs> and other things that got in the way of my digging. Uh, most treasure doesn't end up in the ground <laughs> unless it's stolen. Uh, and so, uh, you know, treasure, treasure is stored in a treasury. 
treasuries are places uh, throughout history that were known where uh, nations would store uh, their treasures, uh, kings would store their treasures. Even uh, in the Old Testament, the temple of God had a treasury. A treasury, the treasury is a place where treasure is stored. This morning, the scripture that we just read tells us that our hearts are a treasury. Your heart, my heart, is a treasury. It's a place that we store treasure. All right, you're tracking with me this morning? Your heart is a place, it's your treasury of your life where you choose what treasures you're going to store. There is temporal treasure and there is eternal treasure. I want to look at a story in the Old Testament of the children of Israel. They're going to enter the promised land and they are going to uh, take over their very first city. And the city's name is Jericho. And if you're familiar with that story, you would know that Jericho had an impenetrable uh, city wall that the um, history tells us that they would ride chariots on the top of the wall. It was that big. And we meet Rahab, who helps uh, the spies who go in to see the city, that she actually lives in the city wall just to give you an idea of how large, how big these city walls were. And, and no enemy was able to get in, any of Jericho's enemies was able to get in and conquer them. But God had a plan to take the city of Jericho, and they were going to overtake that city, um, and they were going to march around it for seven days, uh, and on the seventh day, seven times, and there was a great shout, and the walls came down. But what I want to focus on this morning is, is that Jericho was the first city they were going to take. Say first. Last week we talked about the first. The first belongs to God. The principle of the first always belonging to God. God gets our first, and that's how we practically put God first in our life. We don't put God last. We put him first because he put us first as he sent Jesus. And so we are, uh, we, we are his first in his heart And he wants us to reciprocate and make him first in our heart. And so there are different ways that we can practically do that. Well, here the children of Israel are to give all of the plunder of this this city, all the silver, all the gold, everything that was in the city would be placed in God's treasury, into God's treasury. Let's pick up the story, Joshua 6, 17. The city and all that it... All that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. And depending on the translation you're reading this morning, it could be could say um, uh, sanctified to the Lord, consecrated to the Lord. These are all words that this is a this would be special, set apart, doesn't belong to anybody, but it belongs to God. The city and all that is in it, because it's first, is to be devoted to the Lord. Keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. All of the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and the iron are sacred to the Lord. They're set apart. They belong to God. They're first and must go into his treasury. Say his treasury. Yeah, remember a moment ago I told you you have a treasury too. You and I have a treasury called the heart. And so here, these things that are the first city, and they're like, wow, look at all the stuff. And God says, no, the first stuff 
belongs to me. It's going to go into God's treasury. It's interesting uh, as we read this that if you didn't learn this principle, you'd get on the wrong path. If you got off of this principle, and they're learning it for the very first time, and, and so as they, as they hear God, it sounds kind of harsh in a way, and, and yet God is saying, no, this is a principle that if you get this, that you will learn not to uh, be on the road of destruction, it says, if you touch the first, but instead you'll be on a road to blessing. And as we'll see, this is not God somehow punishing or zapping us from heaven if we get this wrong, it's that there are pathways in life that we can follow, say pathways, and our hearts are going to be the compasses that lead us on these pathways, and God's teaching them about the treasury of their heart. So um, that, was, that was the command of the Lord, but the, somebody, somebody didn't listen. Joshua chapter 6, and they burned the whole city and everything in it, but they put the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze into the treasury of the Lord's house. So for the most part, they thought they had gotten this right. Joshua chapter 7, verse 11, but Israel had sinned. And in this case, under the Old Testament economy, if one person sinned, everybody sinned, and I'm so glad that that's not the case today. And this principle, actually, one person sinned, everybody sinned was to show us that with Jesus, one man died and took care of all of the sin and so that we could all be saved. And that's, what the, that's kind of the principle without digging too much deeper into that. But one man sinned and all of Israel, it says Israel had sinned. And they had violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. And they had taken some of the devoted things or the things that were first or the things that were to be placed into God's treasury and they have stolen and they have lied and they have put them into their own possessions. I know it says that, but I want to say it this way. Put them into their own treasury. I love the mercy of God and the grace of God, even in the Old Testament economy before Jesus has died. And, and uh, yet you still see a picture of God's mercy and his grace. He says, go and consecrate the people and tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. And that scripture is God saying, I don't want to bring judgment. So I want you to look at your hearts. I want you to examine yourself so that the person who has done this would say, I've done this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna acknowledge this. And so uh, consecrate the people. Tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There are devoted things among you, Israel, you cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. And that's the prayer that we prayed, Lord, search my heart. Is there something in my treasury that should come out of my treasury and be put into your treasury? Is there something in my treasury that's blocking me from seeing the path of blessing. And I think I'm on a path of blessing. It feels like I'm in a path of blessing because my heart's full of all this stuff that I've put into my treasury. But the Lord is saying, but what you don't understand is you can't overcome the enemy when your heart's plugged up with stuff that you can't see the road you're on. And they're gonna ambush you. They're gonna take you over. They're gonna steal from you. They're gonna rob from you. But you gotta get the stuff out of your heart so you can see what I have for you that is so, so much better. Achan was found to be the person 
who had taken the staff and put it into his treasury. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and honor him. Tell me, what have you done? And don't hide it from me. Achan replied, it's true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and this is what I've done. Now watch this carefully. When I saw, saw, say saw. Mm-hmm. Yep, saw. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted, I saw, I coveted. Coveted it simply means I gotta have this. I've gotta have this. This is for me. I want this. I've gotta have this. And then he took it. Saw, covet, took. Saw, covet, and took. And they are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. Even though they were like buried treasure that I was looking for in the ground, not the, not the Babylonian garment, that was on top, but the silver was in the ground in his tent. I want you to think of it this way. He had hidden the stuff in his treasury. He had hidden the stuff in his heart, the prayer that we started with. I know I'm all up in your business right now. I know I'm in your grill. I know, I know, oh, this is heavy stuff. But it isn't really. It's so life-giving and free. If we can just understand God loves us so much, he's saying you might have put some stuff in your heart that shouldn't be there, and when it's there, it gets you off course. When it's there, you can't see quite uh, straight. You can't get on the path of blessing, and you end up on the path of destruction. And God's saying, I don't want you on a path of destruction. I want you on a path of blessing. I saw, I coveted, and I took. We're asking the question, what's in your heart? What's in your treasury? The place that you treasure above all else, the place that's most important to you. We begin to, listen to the word, prioritize our life with what we have treasured in our hearts. You will prioritize your life according to, to what you treasure in and you've placed into your heart. First John says this. Don't set the affections of your heart, the desire, the affection, what I want. Don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of the world, temporal, eternal. We're talking about prioritizing, priority love in our heart. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. And Jesus said the same thing. He went on when he said, store, you know, don't store up in heaven. And he said, you cannot serve both God and wealth or the riches of this world. You can't serve them both. They're incompatible. There has to be one that we prioritize in our love. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible for all that the world can offer us, and the world does try to offer us stuff. The gratification of our flesh, the allurement of things of the world, and the obsession with status and importance. And I'm gonna break those down for you in a minute. And they end up in our heart, and they end up by guiding us, and our life begins to be lived by what we treasure in our heart. And it might be the things that the world is appealing to, the temporal, when God is saying, don't take your eyes off the eternal. And watch this, Proverbs 4.23. Above all, guard the affections of your heart. Why? <laughs> Why do you have to guard something? Because it might escape. <laughs> it might get away from you. It, something might break in. Something might break out. It needs to be guarded. Say guarded. 
The affections of your heart, what we desire, what I desire, have to be guarded. And every now and then, we've got to check in and see, how's my heart doing? What's in your heart? And that's what we're doing this morning as we head into 2022. Above all else, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. Pay attention. How you doing? How's it doing in there? For far from, for from there flows the wellspring of life. All right, let's look at the three things that the world will appeal to. Number one, the gratification of the flesh. These are the three things that we listed in the Passion Version. The gratification of the flesh. And the gratification of the flesh is I deserve to be happy. <laughs> That's the gratification of the flesh. If it feels good, I like it, and I like it if it feels good, and when I feel good, I'm happy, and when I'm happy, everybody else will be happy too, and I just need to be happy, and it just needs to feel good, and that's how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to direct my life by whatever feels good. That's what I'm going after, and that will lead you on a road of destruction fairly quickly, and as we look at our hearts today, just in examining how much how much feel good, well, that feels good. And often in life, because life can be difficult, we begin to look for things that medicate that part that hurts, that part that's in pain, that part that wants to be loved. I just want to be loved. And we pursue relationships that are outside of what God says is good for us. And we, we, we let down that guard and we just say whatever, whatever kind of goes, goes. And so our relational path can get messed up. Our, 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 our life where addictions come in can get messed up. Because the allurement is if it feels good, you want this. I see it, I covet it, I take it. Why? Because it feels good. It feels good. Number two, the allurement of the things of the world. Stuff. Looks good. So feels good, looks good. Aiken takes this Babylonian garment. If you look at it, like, why would you, if you, of all the things that you could take on the way to the treasury, why a Babylonian garment? Well, what we think, this is actually the king of Jericho's garment. This is like the best garment there is. And he happened to be the guy carrying it down to the treasury and then took a detour when nobody was looking and headed to his tent with it because it just it just looked so good. I have to have it. It looks so good. Not just feel good. It looks good, and it makes me look good. And I don't have to tell you about social media, right? Or do I? Social media is going to hit both of these. A couple of years ago, no, a whole bunch of years ago, boy, time goes quickly, a whole bunch of years ago, my second son, Andrew, was in an elementary school, and he, he and a buddy, in the fall, raked leaves for a neighbor, and they worked at it most of the day, bagged them all up, put the bags out to the curb, and the neighbor gave them some money uh, that was appropriate for kids that are in elementary school, and, uh, and so Andrew just felt like he'd hit the jackpot, and it, he was rich. And the next day, uh, we jumped in the car, and we headed to the West Island, and uh, if you're familiar with the West Island, uh, near the Fairview Mall, and there's a Toys R Us. It was there then, it's still there now, and it was one of my f kids' favorite places to go. And he went in looking 
for a place to spend his money. And there was this end aisle that had stuff stacked up, and there was a box, and it said surprise box. And you couldn't see the contents of the box. But the box made promises that there was, it was much more valuable than what you would pay for it. And there were cool things in the box. And the box made you imagine that there were LCD flat screen televisions in that box. Even though the box was only this big, somehow when you opened it, it was just going to. And he was fixated at the end aisle, and he spent most of his time. And I was wandering with the other boys in the store, and I came back. He says, Dad, I, I got to have this. And it was just pennies with tax and everything. He had enough money from his earnings, having spent most of a day raking leaves. And I said, son, I'm trying to explain to him, son, there's a reason they're hiding the contents of the box from you. This is a scam. He says, dad, you always say that. Not everything's a scam. Some things are really good, dad. This is, I said, if it's too good to be true, then hello. You've, you've bought the box. Some of you bought the box. And he went, and I just realized there was no way I could talk him out of the box. And I thought, this is going to be a great lesson. He bought the box. He came out to the, uh, we had a van, and all the kids are packed in the van. He opens his box. And first came out of the box a coloring sheet. And it was like the worst coloring sheet because someone had just, on an eight and a half by 11, uh, photocopied a picture. It was a photocopy of uh, something you're gonna color. And there was a little plastic top that you would spin and a whistle that didn't blow right and was already broken coming out and some other cheap trinket. And I remember looking in the rearview mirror and his eyes were whelming up. It was the saddest thing, but I'm going, yes, he's gonna learn, yes. And Christina was on this side and her eyes are whelming up. Going, no, don't do that. No, this is good. And his brothers are teasing him. Look at that crap. It's all <laughs> And this whole dynamic's happening in this moment because he had to have it. But he's living in a moment of regret and a pathway of, of difficulty. And Christina's going through her purse looking to reimburse him. I'm going, don't you dare. No, no. And I, I can't even remember whether you did or you didn't, but I'm going to guess you did when I wasn't looking. All right. The allurement of the world, I've got to have it. Number three, the obsession of status and importance. The obsession of status and importance, and multimedia is just driving this. Dr. Phil did an episode this week on a guy trying to make it big in TikTok. And uh, it's like, really, and, and I mean, you can just get lost in this stuff. And there are people, you know, a few making money on YouTube and YouTubers, and we have a world that if you can, if somebody will like you or like what you posted, they feel like. Maybe you're in the room today and, and there's just a lot of loneliness that you're combating. I'm gonna talk about how to box up loneliness on our Boxing Day, um, our Boxing Day episode that'll be online. So if that's something that you wanna uh, just kind of check into, I encourage you to check into that. Boxing up, lone, don't take loneliness in 2022. And, and, and so there's, this idea and this obsession that the world says, if you'll just put something in your heart to make you feel important, make you feel better than you are, you've got to have that. Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of human opinion disables. The fear of human opinion disables. We have a whole generation. We have a whole culture fearing 
human opinion. So you do things according to being liked. Trusting in God protects you from that. From what? From the, from the disabling, from a road of destruction. Well, the gratification of the flesh, the allurement of things in the world, and the obsession with status, things that in all different ways, these are the titles, but in all different ways you and I put this in our heart. We pick up things along the journey, and we're feeding the heart. And now the compass of our life, the wellspring of our life, these, 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 these desires start to direct us. None of these things come from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires are in the process of passing away. But those who love to do the will of God live forever. And there it is again, temporal and eternal. And I'm not saying this is easy that when I'm lonely and I'm trying to fill my heart or when I, I want to be noticed or I want to be loved or I want something in my heart to fill me and I begin to buy into the system of the world and I begin just little bit by little bit start putting that into my heart. No, no, I understand. I do it too. That's why I'm praying. Search me. Is there anything hidden in there? Because I don't want to end up in a road of destruction. But I can do this, and you can do this. Why? Because we weren't made for this temporal world. We were made for eternity. And as we focus on eternity, things will begin to be aligned, and we'll get it in balance, and we'll get it right. I want to leave you with this thought. This is, this is kind of a thought thought to help you as you pray the prayer. We're going to pray together in a moment about inviting the Holy Spirit to search our hearts. In Revelation, there's a number of churches that, that Jesus speaks to, and to one of the churches, he says this, nevertheless, I have this against you. So he was saying, you're really good at this, and you guys are really good at that, and you're amazing at that, but there's one area I want to talk to you about. He says that you have left your first love. You've left your first love. Say first love. And I've heard this preach where people are saying, you got to go back to when you loved Jesus, when you first got saved, and you remember how passionate it was, how awesome it was. you got to get back to first love. It's a little misleading because that's not what this is. Like, I don't want to go back to first love with Christina because I've spent 38 years plus learning how to love her and learning how to receive her love. And so first love isn't the love at first. This word is very specific in, in, the language, in the Greek language in which it was written. It's, you have left your priority love. The love that prioritizes and puts God first, first. And when you put God first, everything else falls into place. And you and I both know, because it's quiet in the room, that we're probably going, what? probably I haven't put God first in every area of my life. What's gonna happen? you're going to invite God to search. And you're going to go, oh, I just need to make a little rearrangement. Get that out of the treasury. Don't belong there. And let me put God first in that area. And the Holy Spirit will talk to you. You're putting that area first because that's your go-to. God's not your go-to. That's your go-to. That's first. I have this against you. You have left the love for God that prioritizes him as first. And he just says, let's get back to that because that keeps you on the path of blessing. When we give God first place in our life, everything else will find its place. What's in your hand? We talked about your life story, your giftings, your callings, investing your life to touch others. Uh, his, the instrument, the rod, 
of Moses becoming the rod of God, set people free. It refreshed them, and it joined in with them in warfare and saw, saw areas of each, in each of our lives as we partner together breakthrough. What's in your house? As we prioritize time, not only do we end up with more of it, but we end up by being a blessing because we invest that time in eternity. This last one today, what's in your heart? What's your compass? What's your guiding? What's prioritizing your life? Would you stand with me this morning? Can we put this prayer, Psalm 139, 23, 24, and I'd like to read it together this morning. Uh, just our way of saying as we go into 2022, next week's Christmas, we're gonna have so much fun. I know it's a little heavy here, but it's a good heavy, I promise you, as we'll hit the ground running in our days of feasting and prayer. Let's, let's, let's pray this prayer together. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. We'll do it in unison, pray with me. All right, start again. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. Is that a good prayer? Amen, amen. Hey, just before we worship the Lord and we're dismissed to go, I wanna ask a really important question. There might be someone in the room today that You've never invited the Lord into your heart. You've never asked Jesus to come and be your Lord and Savior. And I, I'd like to pray with you today. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, I want to give you that opportunity to do so right now. What I'll do is, in a moment, just say, just lift your hand. And I know it takes a lot of courage to do this, but I want to identify who you are. I want to see you today, and then we want to pray with you today. This amazing prayer of accepting what Jesus did on the cross that you could have everlasting, eternal life and know him now. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up so I can see it today? Is there anyone in the room? See anyone? All right. Let's, let's just believe the Lord right now for these days of feasting and prayer and examining. We're going to a new place in him. God bless you. Let's just worship the Lord.
joining us this morning. Have an amazing week, and we will see you here next week for Christmas. Have an awesome day.